When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Sooner Sports Podcast, a special tailgate edition taping kind of late on a Friday. I feel really bad, Toby, because... You know me, I'm a diehard listener of the T-Row in the Morning Show. So when, oh, I, when I sent you a text, I didn't want to be like, hey man, how's, uh, how's the time off? Listen, since you've got a break, can we do a 10-minute pod? <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but uh, T-Row, we're going to talk some softball. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I didn't want to not do a podcast because Oklahoma lost. So we'll get to that coming up in just a bit. But it's not just OU that came up short so far. But the uh, golf team, and, and I feel like nobody lives it more than you do, but what a, what a rally, yeah, what a competition, what a team this, uh, that Ryan Hibble put together. I know you talked to him right before the start. I mean, that was a, that was a heck of a postseason for OU golf, wasn't it? Uh, that was so much fun. Um, all the way back to the regional when they got off to a slow start and, you know, with five, six holes left on the final day, it looked like there was no way they're making it out of the regional as the number one team in the nation. And they got hot down the stretch and came up big time clutch just to make it to uh, Scottsdale. And then the whole week out in Scottsdale was so much fun to watch. They played great in stroke play. It was never really in doubt whether they were going to make that top eight or not from day one. They, uh, they played fantastic out there and, and got into match play and a uh, big time match against Illinois and won it three to two and a big time match against Arizona State, who was red hot in the host school and won it three to two to get into the championship. And 
And uh, then I just, uh, I thought the championship match was fantastic. And honestly, Pepperdine deserved to win it. I mean, they, they didn't miss a putt for the last hour and a half or so of that thing. And uh, man, they won it three to two, but a lot of fun, a great run again. Um, Quade Cummins and, and John, Jonathan Brightwell. And I thought Ben Lorenz really came up big for them in the final round. It gave him a chance. My heart breaks for Garrett Reband who is a brilliant golfer and is going to have, has had a a, a fantastic college career is one of the top amateurs in the country and is is likely going to go have a fantastic professional career. But the national championship came along at a time when he was just struggling. So, you know, and, and that happens for us when nobody's watching right on a Tuesday, but it happens for him. with the whole college golf world and the golf channel with cameras on him and everything. And, and I know that's got to be incredibly disappointing for him, but he, he tried his hardest, but they came up just short, but man, what a, what a fun ride they took us on. So can I give a comparison from golf to softball? Because what you just said resonated with me. Pepperdine hit their putts, right? They did their job. Odyssey Alexander just <laughs> she threw the pitches yeah. and and hit the spots. I mean, am I am I incredibly simplifying uh, simplifying this, Toby? If I say that James Madison just just beat OU, I mean, is that acceptable for everyone? Because that's what Patty Gasso said, and that's what I saw on Thursday. It's frustrating, and as you guys can tell, I'm challenged with my voice right now because I'm still in depression. Uh-oh. But. There's Do a, I need to be warm enough in the bullpen? Get ready like, in the pen. Get, get, get ready in the pen, okay. Toby. But right. I mean, they, they just got beat, and and it happens, and it's only happened three times this year. But it's not like a doomsday scenario for me, and and I know that sounds crazy, but I honestly yeah. think this team can do it, Toby. I think they can go through the losers bracket and end up playing on Monday. There is no doubt that they're capable of running the table. And uh, so, no, all is not lost. And, and yet, no, I don't think you're oversimplifying. I thought uh, James Madison came out and executed perfectly, got the two big hits that they needed. They didn't get much offense, but they got the two big hits they needed, and their pitcher was outstanding. I listened to your broadcast of the game, and you were on with Aaron, who Aaron by Miller, the way, yep. is unbelievable. So good. And, so good. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't trust my own eyes, but I certainly trust hers. And you could tell that she was, um, I think if I'm quoting her correctly, I know I'm pretty close. She said, I feel like I have earned the ability to say this. Go ahead. I, I know what you're going to say. But we look, we look soft. She said they look soft <laughs> at the plate. And I don't know exactly what that means, but she was frustrated. I could tell that they weren't making an adjustment to the rise ball. Uh, you know, second time through the lineup, third time through the lineup, they weren't making that adjustment. And I think Patty didn't say it quite like that, but kind of said something to that effect in her postgame comments as well. So, you know, what does it matter? The game's over, and maybe it doesn't, except for the fact that they're still going to be on the same side of the bracket with James Madison. So you very well could see Odyssey Alexander again, potentially on Sunday. But 
you know, more to the point, they're going to see great pitching regardless of who you play the rest of the way. And the ability to adjust, uh, Skip Johnson calls it separating balls and strikes, not chasing outside the zone, waiting for your pitch, all that stuff that has made this offense one of the most explosive offenses of all time. Maybe got a maybe got a little out of whack for them in game one. Maybe a little bit. So, but uh, I think they'll go watch the film. I have no doubt JT and Patty will get them, uh, you know, right in the right frame of mind, and they'll be ready to go again uh, tomorrow. And you know, we, it's a short sample size, Chris. But oh. the way they've responded to adversity this year, there's only been two previous losses. And one of them was Georgia, and they came right back and run-ruled them. And the other was Oklahoma State, and they came right back and, and won the two games they had to to win the Big 12 from them. So I think they'll come right back and win. But, I mean, I'll. did you see anything overly concerning that you're going to have your eye on going into game two? <laughs> I have thought so much about what you caught from Aaron Miller. I'm not even kidding. And I, I don't know if Aaron listens to podcasts or not, but – Man, when you said that, literally, I was like, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Seventh inning, Oklahoma, bottom of the seventh, three up, three down, and did not have a good at bat. And Aaron, I looked at her, and I could see it in her face, and we've done a handful of games together, and I could tell she was mad. And, I, I mean, again, credit James Madison, but T-Row, they had opportunities. I mean, they – they did. Now, not opportunities to score like 10 or 11 or 12 runs because they, I think, I don't think either team had a two-out hit. They did not have a two-out hit in this game. Neither team did. And I want to say that the only hit with runners in scoring position came from T.R.A. Jennings and the home run from James Madison. So it, it's just, it, it's crazy to think about how good both pitchers were in Alexander and Sale, and they came up short. But Patty Gasso said it, and I think it was fascinating. They had a plan. The plan was in place, and the plan had worked all season long. And suddenly in this moment, Tiro, something went south. And it, it, was it the moment? Was it being overly aggressive? Whatever it was, they went back. I know they practiced today. Well, we're sitting here at 3.30 taping this. They've already worked out. I know Coach is going to give the team some time to – kind of get back and, and, and enjoy Norman for a second, and then they'll lock in. It's real simple. Now instead of winning just you know one game, you got to win three games. Um, and, well, technically four, I guess, to get to Monday. Mm -hmm. Two games to get to Sunday. And I'm, I'm worried because I'd hate to look past Georgia. They're really good. They beat OU this year. But, Toby, if Alabama loses tonight, Oh, my gosh. Montana Fouts was something else. So, you've got to deal with UCLA or Alabama. That, that's the issue right now. Beat Georgia. Deal with UCLA or Alabama because I'm telling you right now, if they get to Sunday, they're going to the championship series. That, that, that's my belief. I, I feel that in my soul watching this team all year long. If they can get to Sunday, if it's JMU or Oklahoma State, they're going to the championship series. But that's the, that, that's the challenge, right? You've got to find a way to survive. The good news is it was only Shannon Sale that threw yesterday. 
G. Juarez hasn't pitched since, my gosh, the regionals. And she's ready to go. And Nicole May didn't pitch this uh, Who do you think they're going to do there? I think it's G. Is that crazy? Against Georgia? Yeah. Is that crazy? I mean, I don't I, – I, you know better than I do. No, I don't think it's crazy at all. I mean, I, I think that the beauty for Patty in this situation is you don't have a Paige Parker perhaps, but if you're going to win four games in two right. days – she does have a staff, you know, she's got, she's going to have fresh arms, whether it's Nicole May or Shannon Sale again, or G Juarez or others, they've got enough arms to get it done. Whereas some other teams like a James Madison who rely on one pitcher would be in a much worse predicament right now than Oklahoma. Is. You know, G wasn't bad in Athens. She was not bad against uh, Georgia. She went five innings, allowed two runs. That's it, too. Struck out seven and gave up just three hits. Now, what I have learned, Toby, over my you know handful of years doing softball is, well, you can't allow a hit in, in, in softball, and if you allow a hit, you stink. I mean, that's <laughs> – oh, my gosh, you gave up a hit. What is wrong with you? <laughs> but, you know, G was pretty good. The, the problem with Georgia was when they went to the pin, I mean, Shannon wasn't ready. I mean, I, I think that's clear. And she'll even tell you now. And uh, then Nicole May struggled when she came in. So I think G gets the ball tomorrow. And then tomorrow night when they play either, I think it's going to be UCLA. I think it's going to be Nicole May. Here's the wild thing. I, I want to sit here and talk with you about, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen on Saturday night? What could happen on Sunday? But, Toby, we got to be smart on this, right? We can't get too carried away looking ahead, can we? Uh, no, again, <laughs> I, I say this all the time. The team has to take it one game at a time. <laughs> you and I can do all the prognosticating okay. we want. Yeah, so, we can say whatever. Okay. So, d- let me ask you a question about the pitch. Okay. Does Has Patty mostly played it, you know, kind of a left-right matchup situation this year? I know you mentioned against James Madison they only had one left-handed hitter in the lineup. Right. So maybe it was beneficial to go with a right-handed pitcher. Or has it been more of a feel thing or a hot hand thing for her? I think it's a combination of both, if that's fair. Um, Because you're right. James Madison had one left-handed hitter. I'm grabbing my stats right now. But I I think they had one left-handed hitter in their starting lineup. One. And they still were able to hit two big home runs that made the difference. Three, excuse me. No, two, two, pardon me. And, you know, I, I, again, I, with the expanded rosters, you're able to go out and, and basically have more matchup situations, right? Um, Olivia Reigns got the start against Wichita State, not because it was anything arrogant or cocky that uh, ESPN announcers would try to make you believe, but because Coach Gasso saw something in the swing plane for Wichita State that she thought would work for Olivia Reigns. Same thing with Alana Thede coming out of the pit. So I I think you're able to be a little bit more matchup-oriented. And to me, t I think that's the key here. Oklahoma has a a handful of pitchers in G. Juarez, Shannon Sale, and Nicole May. And then, you know, we'll throw Olivia Reigns in there that can get outs. And that's what you need, 
right? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and and listen, I, I promised you 10 minutes. We're on 20 right now, and this is what happened when we talked softball. <laughs> not, not quite not quite that long. Yeah, but, we're good. But, but, but I just – I find myself sitting here thinking, if you get anything like what G. Juarez did in the preliminary rounds of the 2019 Women's College World Series for her on Saturday, not only are we playing on Sunday, but this team is in the championship series. And that's the goal, right? Three teams have done it before. A&M back in the day. UCLA did it, won a title. Florida State did it, won a title. So it, it's not – it hasn't ever been done, right? I mean, this this is a path that you can take to the Women's College World Series. But, but they have to get a dominant performance against Georgia because, to me, I think that sets the tone. So yeah. is the pitching there? You bet. Do they need it to be on point? Tomorrow morning against Georgia, absolutely. Do you want to play Alabama over UCLA or UCLA-Alabama? I don't know. Montana Fouts looked really good, but bottom line here, more than anything else, OU has a three-person staff. I think they're the only team in the Women's College World Series that has three people they trust. UCLA's second-best pitcher isn't here. Florida State, no offense, I don't think they or Arizona are part of this conversation. Oklahoma State second pitcher, not nearly as close to the same level as Kerry Eberly. Um, oh, God, you, you go up and Alabama's second pitcher is really good, really good, but not like Montana Fouts. Oklahoma could hit her. So my point is, of everyone that's left, Oklahoma's the team that has a depth like you brought up, and they got a chance to make some noise. So that might be it me does. being the hopeless, hopeless romantic here, but I think they got a chance, no. T-Row. No, I think you're right. It does feel like, though, if they are going to come all the way back and, you know, win the national championship out of the loser's bracket and then do something special like that, G. Juarez is going to have to be a part of it. Preach. Yeah. In some form or fashion, she's going to have to be a part of it and get hot or at least, you know, get them a big win or two along the way. I'll say this. uh, I think the team wants that. I think the team wants that too, Toby. I think they do. I honestly do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I just take care of your pipes. <laughs> you could have uh, – you got a lot of softball in front of you, hopefully a lot of softball in front of you the next few days. So the, we do not need Chris Plank going down at the most crucial time well, of the year. Well, the good news is we have a good depth chart, like the uh, OU pitching staff. I've got you ready to go. We got Chad ready to go if necessary. I mean – Cootie's off, but we'll get to that later. But, yeah, I mean, we're ready to go. I feel good about our our depth like OU pitching. Tubby, have a great rest of your Friday, and I hope we're talking about OU in the Women's College World Series Championship Series on Monday, man. Thanks, Plank. Can't wait to listen to you guys. See you, bud. So, let's go. Tomorrow morning, 11 a.m., we'll be on the air with a 10.45 pregame show as Oklahoma Battles of Georgia. Until then, everyone have a great start to your weekend. Hopefully, we're back on Monday talking about the Sooners in the Women's College World Series. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.